No, I can tell real Bradley rage, and it, I'm getting it full <laughs> force. I you you have certain ways of punctuating your words when you're really upset, and I, I'm hearing every <laughs> vowel and consonant. Excellent. So it's all good. You guys, you guys have known each other a long time. You're too long. It ends now. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Rad B. See, I think that's where everything goes off the handles, is you keep changing your name and just jinxes the show. As if I had that kind of power. And today we end all the divisiveness and ill will about our previous one-hit wonder shows of the 80s. That's right, Steve, because today we're talking about two-hit wonders. Boom! Utah, give me two. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our podcast at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. And as always, please, if you love our show, share the links with your friends on social media. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Steve, joining us today, by coincidence, she had two hits in her debut for the Rockford Peaches of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. It's Jen with one N. Hello, everybody. I don't love baseball, but I like that movie and Madonna. What if I had a key moment in the game? My, my uniform bursts open and, uh, oops, my bosoms come flying out. That, that might, might draw a crowd, right? Hi, guys. Hey. I find it odd, Brad, that you use a baseball reference when I know you have nothing but total contempt for the sport. That is so not true, Steve. Steve, do I need to bring my 2002 World Series Angels jersey on the cruise and my Angels caps and my Angels commemorative shot glasses? I didn't realize you played professional baseball, Brad. Well, I, my coworkers did. Yeah, because at the time, the Angels were owned by Disney, so I, I would call them my coworkers. Oh, okay. Well, that makes complete sense. And I am totally on board, you know, uh, corporate overlords who might be listening. I've been a big Angels fan since 1986, bro. So many, many years ago, when this podcast was still an infant, we had a lot of fun talking about the one-hit wonders of the 80s, because back then, we weren't sure if we were going to have 10 podcast episodes or 25 or 50 podcast episodes, but the idea of having 496 just never occurred to us. It's a big number. (laughs) It's a big number. And so we had some fun with topics like one-hit wonders of the 80s and horrible hits of the 80s. That was a particularly... uh, a uh, favorite franchise for some people. But the aftermath was that we were always taking a lot of um, uh, crap. We were getting a lot of protest from our, our listeners who, you know, it's all about you listeners. Totally, 100% on board with that idea. But you hated uh, 
to have your favorite bands listed among the horrible hits and the one hit wonders. That's weird. Yeah, well, you know, well, it's weird. I mean, if you love a band like Oingo Boingo and, and we call you a one hit wonder, it's it's gonna no, be a I know. Painful. I was being I was being sarcastic. Okay, I start, my meter's just not turned on today. But about five years ago, Rolling Stone magazine had some fun coming up with their own list of two hit wonders. And because stuck in the eighties, uh, pretty much uh, reads an article and then puts it like you know in the in the bookshelf to do at a later date. Five years later, it is fermented properly, and we feel ready to take on this topic. So today, we're going to come up with our own top five list of two-hit wonders of the 80s. We're going to rank them a little differently than Rolling Stone did, and we're going to each have our own opinions, and we'll throw you some curveballs, and we'll try to have some fun, and hopefully nobody will take it too seriously. Sound good, everyone? Sounds great. And listen, I'm just going to say that maybe we were waiting to see if they might have a third hit. You know, we were just biding our time. I like that story better than the truth of it languishing in my Google Drive folder, <laughs> collecting <laughs> virtual dust. <laughs> it, this this topic literally came about because we were sitting around two or three days ago and we we had missed a deadline to do a show um, that hopefully we'll do this weekend. I don't want to I don't want to jinx it by telling you what it's about. The eighties, but it was my fault because I sp- I'd spent twice as much time as I thought I would on Sunday going to see Hamilton, and so I didn't get to do any of my prep for the show, and so I had to basically beg everyone to reschedule the show, and so we did. But we didn't have enough time to prepare, and Brad, out of nowhere, magically, like a rabbit out of a hat. <laughs> sends me the link about two hit wonders and I just I, I collapsed on the floor and did a snow angel <laughs> oh boy that says something in Florida yeah it just was so, an old file that was laying around I'm like oh hey that's kind of a wonky idea I love it. it it'll be fun but so here's some of the thoughts going into it like here, here's how I came up with the items that I chose I mean and then Jen massaged it a little bit and it, the, the final top five list actually resembles her list more than anything but in my mind, a two-hit wonder is is a band who had two charted hits in the United States during the 80s. Now, we're going to argue a little bit about this. And we're all going to argue that some of these bands should never be called two-hit wonders because in their homeland, they were kings. But we didn't live in your homeland. We lived in ours. And so we're going to just talk about it from a U.S. perspective. And we will, of course, bring up the fact that, hey... You know, the, Anvil. Your favorite Anvil band was great in Russia, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, not so much here in the U.S. So we're going to count it down. We're going to have some fun. And when it's all over, Jen has a very, very special edition of her trivia game for us. It's true. Ooh. So lots of fun. Brad. Pour a drink. Unless you're on the treadmill, um, which I understand is a device in which people exercise with. I, I don't know. I've just read about it. I've never actually seen one, but I'm gathering that they probably don't let you have whiskey on it. However, you prefer to. You could do it if you want to. Podcast. You can. It's an excellent place to listen to podcasts for sure. And okay. hang close. Well, that's good to know. And hang close. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, a little fanfare, please, and we'll start our top five list. Number five. Cutting Crew comes in at number five with the obvious song, I Just Died in Your Arms, a number one song in 1986. We thought they were on their way. Yes. And yet, 
They're on their way to the 80s cruise. <laughs> They're on their way to the 80s cruise in 2019. Uh, what, what will they close with? If it's not, <laughs> I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> it, it'll have to be the other one. I've been in love before, which hit number nine in 1987. This is ranked way too high. This is way too high. I've been in love before is a terrible song. I don't care if it's a hit or not. It's just, it's audio wallpaper. No, I'm sorry, but you're just, you're just wrong. In 1987, the people chose, and they chose this song to be number nine. Ugh, nope. Sorry. So you didn't dance to it, you know, at your prom. I, I'm, I'm assuming that you were a sophomore in college, but some senior still invited you to prom, and, and, and the reason you didn't go is this was the theme. <laughs> I kind of like that narrative. I like that theory. Yeah, that's a good story to tell. I like that. I, I have uh, to agree with Brad, and mostly because I don't even like their one hit. So there's where I'm at. I just it's, it's just not my it's just not my thing. It's not for it's, me. It's it's overplayed. It was overplayed at the time. Um, the reason I put them on this list and the reason I defended one very high on the Rolling Stone list, but also many more hits in their native UK. So they were a legitimately strong band in the late eighties, um, even though they only had two top ten hits here in the US. Anyway, let's move along. Number four. That is obviously new shoes with I Can't Wait. Number three hit from I 1986. I know. There's Here's a good choice. Here's a good choice. These these people came in. They hit it hard. They hit it fast. They got their two hits in. This and Point of No Return, which, again, now, is this the second time we've mentioned that strange girl band in two weeks? Wasn't there another Point of No Return? Probably. It seems like a popular song title. By some girl band. Yeah. Anyway, it's not a girl band. Shoes, it's but, a husband and so, wife band. No, no, new shoes is not. But the the other point of no return. Okay, okay. is a girl band. Sorry, anyway, I'm, now I'm getting angry at you for no band. reason. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. So they burned bright, burned hot, and I think they're still actually doing it. Yeah, I've seen them. They pl- they played uh, they played eighties in the sand the first year that eighties in the sand was in existence down in the Dominican Republic. Oh yeah. <laughs> And it was a night, the last night of the trip, there was literally like six bands that hadn't played yet. Oh, gosh. They threw them all on stage. And so they, it was like a five-hour show of all these bands playing. And, I, and New Shoes came on and played like 45 minutes. And I'm, I, wow. I, I, I got through, I think I heard Point of No Return. But I'm like, okay. I just can't stay. I can't stay awake for, I can't wait. I cannot wait. You can't wait to find your mattress. I can't wait. <laughs> So I I did see them, and I know they had a new album that came out uh, within the last two years, but it sounded nothing like their 80s stuff. I mean, there's those okay. two hits are almost kind of an anomaly hmm. in, in their music set. That's oh. kind of cool. Yeah. So they're still I, they're still putting it out there. Huh. Yeah, sure. Listen, I don't I don't love the way they spell their name, but aside from that, the beginning of I Can't Wait is the like one of my Top five earworms, I would say. That little like that will haunt me for a while. Does that belong on Jen's jams? Is that a getting ready song? 
Put it on Jen's jams. I'll listen to that on Jen. Yeah, yeah. You know what's ironic sure. here is that if it was Prince and he had a song called New Shoes and it was spelled that way, you'd have no problem with it. No, I don't love his spelling either. I, I, I was an English major. I just, it's my, it's a thing. <laughs> okay, okay. I buy that. Yeah. You're, you're being truthful. That's good. Let's move along. Let's see who's number three on the list. Number three. But that's what happens when body starts slapping from doing a wild thing. I cannot lower my voice enough to do a proper intro for Tone Loke. But I would love to do the wild thing. If the wild thing involves letting me have a drink before we do any more of this podcast. To Steve, the wild thing is, can I just sit in my chair and watch my show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is pretty much my life these days. Uh, Wild Thing, number two on the charts in 1988. And is anyone else noticing a trend here that we're, we're really picking on bands that had hits in the, in the latter half of the decade? It's not our fault. <laughs> I didn't vote for them. Well, here's the thing. Is it because there were so many one-hit wonders in the earlier part of the decade? Because there were a few. Well, but I mean, but I think that you also have some of the weaker acts. That's why when I always try to say that the 80s kind of started in 77 and ended in 85, that's sort of mm-hmm. one of the points I'm I'm making, at least as far as personal preference. Mm-hmm. Is I, I prefer like the 80s circa 1983, 1984. But anyway, well, so yeah. <laughs> not to take anything away from Mr. Loke, he did have Wild Thing and he had uh, Funky Cold Medina, which was number three. So he's got a number two and a number three in consecutive years. That's not bad. And I bet he could kick no, Cutting Crew's ass. <laughs> well, given. But I'm surprised that neither, actually, Wild Thing. I'm surprised that Wild Thing w- never hit number one. Like, that's, it's, it was a really, it was everywhere. It played all the time. Yeah, probably an expose song that kept it off the if, list. Yeah, if we, if we, if we actually <laughs> research things for the show, we could have that information at our fingertips, but I don't no, have time to Google it. I don't want to know. No, I think I think it's unknown. I think it's an unknowable oh, okay. thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's like walking in on your parents having sex. You just no, no, just don't want to know. Okay, well, just um, to so wash your thing, mind of that image, you can have a segue from that. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to say one thing about the song, which is it is actually the same song. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. It kind you, of is. So, yeah, because when I cause sometimes when I start singing Wild Thing, which isn't frequently, honestly, but. When I have in the past started singing Wild Thing, it very quickly turns into Funky Cold Medina and vice versa. So I made that discovery early on. I was like, oh, it's basically the same song. And you Funky know what? Cold I thing. don't care because both of them make me get yeah. up and shake this my is, booty this, every single when time. When I was doing my ranking, every time. I put Tone Loke up fairly high. And that was one of the reasons. The DJ plays this, your ass is on the dance floor. Even Spearsy will be on the dance floor. Maybe for Funky Cold Medina. Funky Cold Medina. I don't might think do you can trick. get tired of these songs. I don't think you can get tired of them, which I think is the mark of a good one or two hit wonder. Otherwise, it wouldn't yeah, really be a hit. I think the thing with Tone Loke's rapping is, and this is this is what you're saying. Even Steve will get up. He's so laid back when he raps that you're like, "What the hell? I'll just get up and dance." You know what Fine. I mean? Like there, it feels like there's no pressure for you to get up and dance, but the rhythm is good and the beats are good, so you're just like, well, "All right, at our I'll age, dance." <laughs> his songs are just a half a beat slow, so you're not you're probably not going to hurt anything. So mm-hmm. I can do the funky cold Medina, and I'm not going to like need a cold compress later. A funky cold compress. Ooh. Yeah, that would be nice though if they had those on the ship. That sounds pretty good, actually. 
Tone looked for his uh, part, continued uh, having success as a voice actor. Uh, in the last 10 years or so, though, he's had problems during performances where he's had seizures and has fallen and has hurt himself. So mm. oh, not quite the touring force he used to be, but still you'll hear his voice all the time on television, especially on cartoons. Stuck in the 80s this week is sponsored by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Stuck in the 80s a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at stuck.robinhood.com. Okay, two bands left. Number two. There was just no doubt that Men Without Hats was going to make this list, right? Safety dance was required. And it's required at every 80s function that ever exists. I mean, the 80s cruise, your high school reunions, dance parties with your kids, right? Safety dance. Oh, yeah. I can get on board with safety dance. Safety dance, I think, lifts the, lifts the boat of Men Without Hats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, safety dance number three in 1983 their other hit, Pop Goes the World, from 1987, which I always thought of it as a 90s tune, but 1987, reached all the way to number 20 on the charts. Uh, that's baffling. That is baffling. It's a terrible song. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Don't. You're just trying to egg me on at this point. No. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't get past the fact that the baby in the carriage is playing the keyboard has like gigantic gnarled hairy man hands. No. That's... That's an issue with the video, not the oh, song. Oh, so the video is separate from the song. They don't actually have the song as part of the video. It's not used to promote the the song. That's interesting to me, Steve. Tell me more. This is, oh, it just it cruises off. I've had it. Damn it, man. Pop Goes the World is a fine example of a late 80s pop song. Can It's a, practically the Canadian national anthem. <sighs> you take you back your, what you said, you filthy man. I'm not going to do it. May I say something? Please do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Safety dance, yes. You cannot have the 80s without the safety dance. Pop Goes the World, It it is the most cotton candy song I think ever created. It's just like cotton candy, right? Like it just, it, it just is a mist in the air, kind of. Like yeah. it, spun sugar, like it just is like cotton candy. And the thing about cotton candy is I don't really like that much of it. Yeah. You know By the second mean? chorus, like, you're like, I've had enough of this cotton candy. I'm good. I'm good with this cotton candy. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, I have never had a number anything hit on any charts, but number 20. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. But so you mentioned the baby with the man hands. I 
also felt like this was in the late 90s. I feel like they, they were ahead of their time with this song, with this Cotton Candy song. But you just got to, in your mind, do a side-by-side of the Safety Dance video and the Pop Goes the World video. It's hysterical to me because it's obviously the same person, but he's like traded in his Renfair vest for a leather jacket and skinny <laughs> jeans. It's a way more enjoyable way to watch the Pop Goes the World video because you're like, wow, look how, mu- look how far he's come. It's almost like a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure kind of a thing when you watch them together. So if you must watch uh, Pop Goes the World, I say kind of watch Safety Dance first and see how far they've come in three years. Men Without Hats was on the second 80s cruise. And I would say that they were easily one of the biggest surprises, one of the most entertaining bands of that, of that trip. That's awesome. I say that with a straight face. I don't yeah. have my fingers crossed behind my back or anything. Strangely, I can't really disagree with that, Steve, in spite of the fact that I think that you've placed them too high on this list. That's fine. Men Without Hats also have seven other songs in the top 50 in their native Canada, including Hey Men, Where Do the Boys Go, Moonbeam in the 21st Century, and Sideways. So that leaves us with one spot left. People at home can guess which one it is, but you're going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong. Here's the number one song on the Stuck in the 80s top five list of two hit wonders of the 1980s. Number one. Quiet Riot takes the uh, the trophy. Two songs, Bang Your Head, 1983, number 31, which seems crazy. It seems like that should be a lot higher. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And Come On, Feel the Noise, same year, number five. Oh, How do you guys feel oh, about that? Okay. Come On, Feel the Noise, number five. Um, wasn't that a cover, Steve? I don't know. What does it matter? Isn't that a cover? Of, was a isn't, cover. That a cover the, isn't that a cover the of the Slade The 80s are full one? of covers from, from previous decades. What does that matter? You're going to say you're a two-hit wonder, and one of your hits is someone else's work. You can't even turn in your own work for two assignments? You can't write two songs? I did, and you're putting them I, at I number the one tr- at the top of the list? Are you high? No, but I, I used the same term paper like three times in college. Yeah, for different classes, sta- not the same chart. <laughs> Brad, my favorite well, part no of your... My favorite part of your consternation is that you. This is your topic. <laughs> That's my favorite part of this. Like I give him this. I give you a gift, and you stand up my picture. Run, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. Uh, right, number one. I think that's great. And I totally forgot that. Come on, feel the noise was. Um, was a Slade cover. But the other thing that surprises me about the, this pair of songs is that Bang Your Head is so low and Come On, Feel the Noise is so high. Like, I, in my brain, Bang, bang Your Head... Exactly, exactly. And here's why. Because in Footloose, when Mr. Kevin Bacon, as the character of Ren, pulls up into the school parking lot in his beat-up yellow beetle and he's playing on his cassette player, Bang Your Head the big city Chicago kid driving into the little city, Iowa or whatever, wherever the hell they are, that bit of music stays with me. And like, it sort of sets the scene of like what a rebel this guy is compared to all the farmers and farmers daughters and stuff. So yeah, I bang your head, like is in my brain right at the right time that I'm just like, this is the best song ever. I love this song. And I love yeah. come on, feel the noise too. I think both of them sort of remind me of, of, I was a, 
eight, nine-year-old kid in Las Vegas, but I used to look at the teens with their great feathered hair in the back pocket with the comb in it, you know, and they were listening to Quiet Riot and they were cool. They had one other hit, uh, Mama, We're All Crazy Now, which peaked at number 51. So if you really wanted to make a fight about it, Brad, you could uh, you could call them a three-hit wonder, Brad. Just get them off my list, Spearsy. I don't care where you put them. <laughs> okay, so we've, we've, we've obviously upset some people, including um, Brad. Especially but, Brad. Uh, <laughs> but we've decided to give everybody a honorable mention, including Brad. So... <laughs> So, Brad, why don't you go first and tell us what your honorable mention would be for the top five list, Brad? Okay, Steve. My honorable mention, and I I feel the rage building in you as, as the words are forming on my, on my lips. I'm going with Golden Earring. Great song. You may be thinking, Golden Earring, wait, they had one other hit. It was Radar Love. And that was like in, you know, 1823 or something. It might as well have been. It was in the 70s. But the reason I always think of Golden Earring is, one, they had those two songs. And I don't know if they ever even recorded anything else. And three, I waited for an entire decade from 1990 to 1999 for them to have one hit in the 90s, too. I really wanted them to do that. But uh, they didn't manage. I love songs that tell stories. I don't know why, you know, me and the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, we get along real well. But I think this is maybe the best <laughs> song that tells the story of the 80s. I was not allowed to watch the video for this song. My mom boycotted it because she heard the line, when the bullet hits the bone, and she thought that was inappropriate. So, uh, and then she saw the video where the guy's getting hit with the hypodermics, and that was it. This, <laughs> oh. this band was verboten. <laughs> Just like I wasn't allowed to listen to the Dead Kennedys because that, that name was offensive to my mom. No Golden Earring, no Twilight Zone, no Dead Kennedys. Okay, Jen, what's your honorable mention for the uh, two-hit wonder list? Well, because of the theme of this uh, this conversation, I have two. <laughs> oh, I, you, I knew. Why did wow, I think? Wow, we fell right into this one, didn't did we? We, we hold her to this. It's like Lucy in the football. Lucy right, so, in the football. So my first one is Dead or Alive. And of course, their big single was You Spin Me Round, parentheses, like a record, close parentheses, which I believe hit number 11 in the United States. And their second hit in the United States, again, because I'm sure they had other hits in, in the UK. Their second hit was Brand New Lover. Again, Love that song. It, but doesn't it kind of have like a tone loke thing where they kind of both sound very similar to yes <laughs> I think so and if I had any kind of like musicology experience or knowledge if I could like layer them on one on top of the other I bet they'd be very similar in some kind of way I don't know I don't do this for a living but the other thing my new favorite thing about brand new lover is when Brad was typing it in the notes he typed in Brad new lover which I think it should be a new nickname to add I'm to gonna put list. it on the fake band list Perfect. Perfect. Um, so that was my first one is uh, Dead or Alive. They're, they're, they're my honorable mention number one. Honorable mention number two, Naked Eyes. Oh, 
Very good. Naked Eye. Good pick. Yep. Always something there to remind me. And of course, promises, promises. What about you, Steve? I've seen Naked Eyes play like three times now live. And what's amazing is go go buy their best of CD. Because really, I think they only ever had two albums to begin with. But if you buy their best of CD, you realize they had a lot of really amazing songs. They just, they weren't hits. So, right. so they still qualify. Um, I'm going to throw caution to the wind and summon the wrath of the Ahafia <laughs> by nominating Aha as my two-hit wonder for Take On Me and The Sun Always Shines on TV. Years ago, I think when we did the one-hit wonders of the 80s, I believe we included Aha as a one-hit wonder. And longtime <laughs> listeners of the show will remember we were just besieged from with letters of hatred and yeah. um, and, and uh, other kinder efforts to help re-educate us on the finer points of It was Aha. the blog comment era, and what I remember was like, 80 comments on that blog post uh, just like calling you many names and questioning your parentage and it was like wow okay yeah mm. what was really nice though is that there's i guess i mean even outside of norway which i know i know they're beloved in norway i totally get that there used to be a big annual aha fan convention in the u.s and one of the guys who runs it sent me a care box Full of like, all, like I think it had an AHA fan convention T-shirt. It had some like import discs. It had I think a keychain and a coffee mug. Like for a while there, I was like I could have opened up a, a small AHA store in Florida, you know, and with those ten or fifteen items, I'd probably still be in business today because I still <laughs> wouldn't be able to sell them. But but I, I thought it was a really nice attempt, <laughs> nice attempt to help get me across. And surely AHA has has regained a lot of respect lately. When they released their acoustic version of these songs, uh, was it last year? I think it was. No, at it has at to be least, last year by now. It might be or two maybe years even the year yeah. before. And then even this last week, Weezer came out with their video for their cover of "Take on Me," which I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's it's pretty amazing. It is it is a time capsule of the '80s if you ever saw one. Hmm. So I have nothing but but love to give to Aha and Aha fans, and I just but I just had to take that that quick little shot at them. We'll be right back after this commercial break. This is Speak and Spell. It teaches kids to spell. This is Coleco's talking teacher. It also teaches kids to spell. This one's been around for a long time, and it speaks. <laughs> talking teacher speaks, too. And so clearly. The first letter of yes. Talking teacher also helps your child learn math. Math? Yes, math and spelling, all at a surprisingly low price. When you make a better learning toy, it speaks for itself. Talking teacher. Excellent. And we're back. It's always fun when we get to do one of these. We get to give the Seggies a rest for a little while, and we get to start chugging beers in the backseat and hand the, the keys to the uh, Ford Pinto over to uh, Jen to drive, because uh, it's time for one of our trivia games. Yeah, just groove. Just tone look it right now. Just tone look all the way. Just lean back. Oh, wait, that's not tone look. That's not even <laughs> Okay. Shall we play a game? We've got a really fun game, and it's super straightforward. It's not complicated at all. And I'll tell you, it is called I Heart John Hughes. Because as it turns out, his birthday, so this should drop this weekend sometime. John Hughes was born in 1950 on February 18th. So this is a bit of a tribute to uh, 
to John Hughes. And you know what's funny? He was born in Lansing, Michigan, which is where my dad was born. So a little oh. quinky dink there. All right. So with Love in Our Hearts, let me tell you, there's going to be three rounds. There are going to be six quotes in each round, and there'll be a theme. I'll tell you at the top of the round what the theme is. And you just ring in and tell me what movie that quote came okay. from. Pretty simple, right? Yeah. We get test our buzzers. Simple. Yeah, go for it. Test your buzzers. They're both broken. <laughs> oh my god. Brad Steve. You're mean. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, so round one, we're gonna stick with the Molly trilogy or the Mology, if you will. <laughs> um, the three movies. That she was in. He he might have directed it. He might have written it. He might have written and directed it. You ready? I'm going to do a okay. swear. Just warning you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say okay. a swear. Okay. Are you ready? The first quote is, I can't believe they fucking forgot my birthday. Steve. Steve. 16 candles. One for, you want me to keep points? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. One for Steve. <laughs> Very good. All right, the next quote is hot, white hot. Steve. Steve. Pretty in Pink. Is Pretty in Pink. Brad, you've never seen that movie, have you? I've seen it once, one time. Okay. I, I just realized that. I'm so sorry. Okay, that's here's. The, no, no, that's, that's, that's the fair play scene where they're at the record store. Yep, and Blaine picks up and shows Andy a Steve Lawrence album, I believe. Steve Lawrence. Yeah. Yep. All right, here we go. Quote number three. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Steve. I heard Steve. What? Breakfast Club. Is the Breakfast Club. It is the Breakfast Club. It is the Breakfast Club. All right. It is. The darn computer. Number four. All right, I'm going to do um, with accent with an accent. Applause, applause, applause. Steve. Steve. Pretty in pink. Pretty in pink. Miss Iona, starring the lovely and talented Annie Potts. All right, number four. Jenny, Mike, Sarah, Sam, everybody Brad. up. Brad. Sixteen candles. You got it. The first line of 16 Candles. One point for Brad. I'm on the wow. board. Eh. No shut up. You're on the board. <laughs> All right, here we go. The final quote of this round. I don't have to run away and live in the street. Brad. I can run away and I can go to the ocean, Brad. That's Breakfast Club. I can go to the country. I can go to the mountains. I could go to Israel, Africa, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. <laughs> One point for Brad. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Oh, oh that was... Um, Ellie Sheedy's character when when they've kind of split up into small groups. Uh, and yeah, see, that's what I, I start to... I mean, I've seen that movie so many times now that I just like... You oh, never know okay. when you might have to jam. Allison, there we go. <laughs> forgot about that. That's a good one. All right. So we're concluding that round. We're on to round number two. And these are grown-ups, and I put the grown-ups in quotes. So these are grown-up John Hughes movies. Are we ready? Okay. Yep. All right, here we go. Those aren't pillows. Steve. Brad. 
Steve by a hair? Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Correct. Number two. Sorry, folks. The park's closed. Steve. Brad. Oh, it was so close. Give, give I'm going to say Brad. Steve. Uh, give it to Steve. Okay, I'll take hey, it. Vacation. Of course Steve's going to take that. <laughs> what just happened? What happened here? It all well, happened I, I so come, fast. I do. I do. I dress up as that character. So that, you got to give me that one. Yeah. All right. Ready? Here's the next one. Number three. And in the end, I realized that I took more than I gave. Steve. I was trusted more than I... Steve. She's having a baby. I was trusted more than I trusted, and I was loved more than I loved. And what I was looking for was not to be found, but to be made. Point for Steve. That is correct. Yay! All right. And the next one, you have much more hair in your nose than my dad. Steve. Steve. Uncle Buck. Correct. Of course, that's uh, little Kevin. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. So I got to read the next two lines. You have much more hair in your nose than my dad. How nice of you to notice. I'm a kid. That's my job. <laughs> I had to read the, the rest of that. All right, here we go. I have $2 and a Casio. I have $2 and a Casio. Steve. Steve. Planes, trains, and automobiles. John Candy gives that correct. line. Yeah, ah, that is that correct. He was killing me. I was oh. like, I not know that. All right. This is the final quote of the round. Oh, God. Ease our suffering in this, our moment of great despair. Yes, admit this good and decent woman into thine Steve. Honor. Steve. Uh, vacation. That's uh, Chevy Chase. In the flock in thine heavenly area up there. And Moab, he laid it down by the band of the Canaanites. And yea, though the Hindus speak of karma, I implore you, give her give her a break. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great script. Oh, Chevy Chase. All right. Third and final round. This one's called Teens in 85 to 87. Ooh. Ooh, it's a good title, yeah. right? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Brad, your buzzer's still working, right? Brad. Just check it. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Fire away. A missile. A missile. A missile Steve, in my Brad. house, Gary. Steve? That's weird science. That is correct. <laughs> Uh, Chet, we All miss right. you. The is next... this thing still on? Hello? Yeah. Brad, 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 Brad. <laughs> All right. This one goes like this. The Sportos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Brad. Sluts, Bloods, Brad. Paris, Bueller's Day Off. Astoids, Dweebies, Dickheads, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Point for Brad! Woo! Low-hanging fruit. Steve's right, getting tired. Next... <laughs> know, he's like exhausted. Okay, the next quote is, Break his heart, I bre- I'll break your face. Brad. Steve. I heard Brad. Some kind of wonderful. Correct. Very good. Did you guys read the uh, oral history of the movie that was just, I think it just came out this week in 
Is it Entertainment Weekly? It's, or? it's Entertainment Weekly, and I, I want to read it in print. I want to like see all the pictures and hold the magazine, and I haven't been able to find it, which is making me crazy. Because it's print. Maybe you could get a copy shipped to you, and you could read it on the airplane on your way to the cruise. Ooh, I like the sound of that. All right. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. What would you little maniacs like to do hey, first? Brad. Steve, buy a pair. By a pair of what? <laughs> um, by hair, by hair. Oh, hair. Okay, I was like, geez, getting, getting personal here. Uh, weird science. I'm sorry, that is correct. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> I almost fell over backwards I'm just in my chair. To make that feel better. <laughs> All right, here we go. Two more. Two more. You look good wearing my future, Brad. It's also some kind of wonderful. Yep. It is. And the thing is, like, I love that movie, but what an idiot, right? Like, that's yeah. a lot of money to pay for a <laughs> pair of earrings. Now, my hope is that in the sequel, they just go return them, right? And then they, like, <laughs> put a down payment on a house. Car. Just a car. <sighs> Even as a kid, I was like, that is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final quote of this round, teens in 85 to 87. It's a little childish and stupid, but then Brad. so is high school. Brad. Also Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Also Ferris Bueller's Off. Let me tally these up. So you have... <laughs> well, every tie went to the Spears. Steve. Seat, so I think Steve wins. Steve, you have won. I heart John Hughes. Congratulations. You win... What does he win, Brad? What does he win? Uh, international acclaim. International acclaim. Congratulations. And thank you to our Australian listeners for making that true. <laughs> Congratulations. That was fun. Those are great movies and they still stand the test of time, which is why I think for the most part, did we get any wrong? I don't think so. There were a couple you hesitated. Yeah. I was pretty surprised you got she's having a baby because that's not, that's kind of a. That's another one I've only seen sort once. Of a deep I cut. know that movie. Pretty, yeah, me too. I've seen it probably 10 or 15 times. Holy. Okay. So. I love it. It's great. It got a great soundtrack, by the way. Uh, the, the one time I watched it, I thought, this is so manipulative at the end with this, the problems in childbirth. That, that really turned me off of the movie. And then you know what happened? That happened to me. Yeah, Brad. Like, my husband was pushed out the, the door, and he had to wait and, like, wait outside while, like, drama was happening inside of the, the room. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, is that kind of stuff is, is too big to be used as a cheap plot device in a movie. For a movie, too, I think that had so many like fantasy elements, it was very real. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're saying the same thing. Yeah, no, I, anyway, thanks for playing. I don't know. It was fun, it was a lot of fun. Um, happy birthday, John Hughes. We really could use a lot of you right now. Uh, anyway, if you disagree with our list of the top two hit wonders, and I'm sure many of you do, and you're not all named Join the Brad, Brad Williams, Ion Club. <laughs> send us an email <laughs> because we'll probably do a part two. As always, our email address is podcast at SATs.com. We'll be back with one more show before the 80s cruise. But in the meantime, Jen, Brad, Ferris Bueller, Kevin Bacon, and all the rest of our friends, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.